This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're looking at rising interest rates. And while they may have left many Canadians, including many here in Newfoundland and Labrador, struggling, the rate hikes are welcome news to savers and investors. We're going to discuss why this is and why it is a good time to save again. So joining me for the discussion and offering her expert advice is Jackie McCann-Scott. She's a certified financial planner and owner at Lupin Planning Group. Jackie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Nancy. Always great to have you on. And, you know, there's so much that we have to talk about today with regards to interest rates and and what it means for saving and, and for those that are looking to invest. But before we jump right into that, can you share a little bit with our listeners about yourself and the Lupin Planning Group? Absolutely, I'd be happy to. Uh, so Lupin Planning Group is a, I, I like to call it a whole person planning practice. So, um, you know, we we don't just focus on one area of financial planning. We, uh, we like to look at the big picture with all our clients. We are currently a team of four uh, licensed professionals that uh, operate throughout the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. So we, uh, you know, we have advisors as far as Lab City right now, and um, we are independent. So we are not affiliated with any one, you know, uh, financial company or institution. We, uh, you know, we like to peruse the product shelves, I say, of all the various investment and insurance companies out there because it really comes down to finding the best fit for our clients and what they're hoping to accomplish. So uh, we feel independent advisors provide unbiased advice, so we're quite happy to uh, to be doing that. And uh, we just came off a successful month of June where we featured uh, our Lupins in Bloom. So we had a, a wonderful open house and a charitable event here at our office in Conception Bay South and we featured client success stories which we called our Lupins in Bloom so uh, it's a great day at Lupin Planning Group we're uh, we're quite happy and, and having a great summer as I hope all our listeners are as well. That's great Jackie you know it's so important to share these success stories right so people can see the art of the possible. I try to do that too like I'll talk about things here on the show where like we have different testimonials and stuff that we'll feature on our website to show like what a difference that you know these things can can make in the lives of uh, the people that come to see us. So that's absolutely fabulous. So let's move on now to rising interest rates. So while higher rates can create added stress for many Canadians, and we certainly know they are as people have growing debt loads, they can be positive for savers and investors. So we're going to look at that silver lining today. So, you know, you really work hard for your money. So it's really important that your money works hard for you, right? And more importantly, that it's growing. So the higher interest rate environment will certainly help with that. So Jackie, let's talk about the benefits of these high interest rates, especially for savers and investors, and why is now a good time to save and invest? Absolutely. So uh, before we, we jump into that, I just wanted, to, you know, for your listeners, Nancy, to explain a little bit about what we mean when we say a rising interest rate environment and, and you know, and the impact that that'll have on, you know, various investments and saving tools that your listeners may use in their financial plans. Um, essentially, when we talk about rising interest rates, because I find that, you know, the average consumer and client may not even know what that means. All they know is that, you know, potentially their mortgage rates have gone 
gone up and the ability for them to get a better rate on a GIC has gone up along with it. So why is that? Well, the Bank of Canada is the institution that lends money to all the other financial institutions. We call it the overnight lending rate. So when that goes up, the banks have a choice to make. They can say, we're going to borrow money from the Bank of Canada at the rate that they're now offering, which is at a 22-year high, by the way. Or maybe we can attract those same deposits from, you know, you and I, from the general population. So if they're going to pay five or five and a quarter percent to the Bank of Canada to borrow money that they need for things like, you know, paying mortgages and, and carrying that debt for consumers, well, what if they can get that same money in their in their coffers by offering you and I four and a half or five percent on a GIC. So if they can give us, you know, um, get us to put our money in the bank and they'll pay us four and a half or five percent after a one, three, five year term, that money can now be used on their balance sheet and it's cheaper dollars than if they bought it from the Bank of Canada. So this is why we benefit as consumers getting a higher rate, but the banks are benefiting too because that gives them an opportunity to still have a little bit of a spread between what it costs to pay off the GIC rate or the high interest savings rate and what they're earning on those monies when they then extend them on mortgages. So mortgage rates go up to create that spread between what it costs the bank to get those dollars on deposit. So I just wanted to explain that for listeners because people don't, you know, why does a high interest rate translate into high mortgage rates and also why does it translate into, on the flip side, high interest savings account rates and high GIC rates? or certainly higher than we've seen. So I hope that gives some context for people that are listening. Yeah, absolutely. That was a really great explanation. Yeah, and, you know, because, you know, obviously, you know, these financial institutions need to make a profit as well to remain, you know, sustainable. So that's, you know, that's why as these rates go up, everything else does as well. And, you know, we're seeing unprecedented rates on, you know, on things like high interest savings account. I just pulled, um, you know, off a, a third party website today, you know, the high interest rates. There's some, some institutions now offering people, you know, upwards of 5% on a daily interest account. Um, you know, now some of those will have some stipulations around minimums that you have to contribute or deposit and how long that money needs to sit there. But I mean, you know, we were seeing a half a percent as a high interest savings account rate for years. Um, yeah, really. And now, you know, that if you're, if you're someone that has money sitting there, you're certainly seeing the benefits of that. But again, we have to put it all in context. I always say, you know, that a good investment plan only works when it's built off a good financial plan. So you can't look at these investment rates in isolation. It always comes back to, you know, how does that translate? I had a situation not long ago, um, you know, where uh, a GIC, which I don't always recommend for young people uh, because there are risks associated. You think GIC, guaranteed, but the reality is people that were in GICs last year, you know, maybe making 4.5% when inflation hit an all-time high of 8%, well, those people were actually losing money. So there is, you know, right. there's still risk. And you need to just look at it all in context. As I said, these things don't operate in a vacuum. They operate in the world at large. And working with someone to understand those connections, I think the more you know, the better you can do. 
No, absolutely. And, and to your point, you know, there's many different options out there and it depends on, um, you know, your individual situation, talking to someone to figure out what is going to be the best thing for you, because not all investment products are created equal, right? Or will prove equally beneficial depending on uh, the position that you're in and the rates and, and inflation and all the things that you've talked about. So Jackie, what's your advice? Where should listeners be looking to invest their money and where will they see the greatest return right now? Well, again, it's, you know, I, and I know you're going to hate when I say that, but if, if listeners have heard me before, I know I'm going to say it depends. So, you know, I just mentioned the scenario where, you know, the GIC person lost money. Well, that same person um, received an inheritance and the inheritance was roughly the amount that they had outstanding on a mortgage. So in that situation, um, they had a mortgage that if they had paid it in full, they were going to pay penalties because we all know, you know, that if you're set to pay off your mortgage in 10 years and you pay it off earlier, you know, there's there's a cost associated with breaking the mortgage, as it's called. In this situation, um, the mortgage was coming up for renewal in about a year's time. And the person had locked in four years ago when rates were around 2%. So in that situation, if I could put that inheritance into a GIC at 4.75% while they were paying two on their mortgage. And in a year's time, when it came up for renewal, they could pay off in full without penalty. Then the GIC made sense. But for someone who is putting their retirement assets into only a GIC and they have a long investment horizon, then, you know, they're really limiting the amount of growth that they could see over the long term. You know, in that situation, maybe they should be taking on more risk. You know, it really does depend on the two things I always say is what are we trying to accomplish and what do we have to work with? And the answer around where is the best place for you to invest your money is going to become clearer once those two answers are clear. Because, you know, what is it we're trying to accomplish in that situation? My client wanted to be mortgage-free in a year's time. So we structured it in such a way that she could do that with the lowest cost, with the highest potential for growth, you know, and the lowest amount of risk made sense. But that doesn't make sense if you're trying to, you know, grow your retirement nest egg and you've only got 10 years and you're starting with a small balance in your retirement account. You know, we may need to take on a little bit more risk to get to the same end result over that period of time. So it really, really does depend. There is no one size fits all. No, absolutely. And I guess what it comes down to, with this rising interest rate, we know there's opportunity to grow your money right now, but it does depend on your situation. And the best time to figure, the best way, sorry, to figure out what is the best thing for you is to meet with a financial planner for guidance. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions, plus interviews with today's newsmakers, your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays, your VOCM mornings. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Jackie McCann-Scott. She's a certified financial planner and owner at Lupin Planning Group. So, Jackie, we're talking about rising interest rates and you know the silver lining in rising interest rates is that it is a good time better time than it's been in a while for savings and uh, for investing 
And we talked in the last segment about, you know, there's so many different things to look at when you're looking at where to put your money and not all investment products are created equal. So before we jump into some advice around talking to a financial planner, I just want to unpack the different types of investments and, and what we should be thinking about in all of them. So for example, there's a lot of hype right now around bonds being back. So is that still the case? And, and what are your thoughts on bonds? Um, there's certainly a place for bonds in a well-balanced and diversified portfolio. And, and just for the benefit of your listeners, a bond is really, we call it a debt instrument or a fixed income um, type of investment tool. And the reason for that is, as a bondholder, you're essentially lending money to a borrower, whether it be a government or a corporation, and in return for you lending them your money, they're going to pay you back that money over a set period of time with interest. So that's, you know, that's essentially, you know, what happens. And having that, you know, bit of certainty, if you will, or that fixed income into your overall portfolio usually means that if the other side of the coin, which we consider equity investing, which, you know, you're actually participating in the market and in the risks associated with the, you know, profit and loss of various companies and various sectors, you know, the two tend to balance each other out. So if equities drop a little bit, then you've got your bonds there to kind of counterbalance that. Except for last year. Last year was a really different year. And, you know, we've, we've heard it said many times, there were unfortunately for investors, no real safe harbors last year. Because here's the thing with bonds. If, you know, a bond is supposed to pay you a set amount of interest at maturity, and then all of a sudden interest rates start to rise. And from March of last year, it was like 10 increases in the Bank of Canada borrowing rate. Interest rates are going up and up and up. Now your bond doesn't look quite as attractive because if I were out getting a new bond today, I could probably negotiate with that, you know, that borrower a better rate. So now my bond has dropped in value, you know. Um, so in, in rising interest rate times, bonds tend to go down. That being said, we do tend to see, you know, kind of a, a forward looking in the in the economy that thinks that maybe interest rates, now that inflation has dropped from its peak of 8% last year to around three as of May, um, you know, still not the 2% the bank wants, but, you know, things are working their way through the economy as it were. Hopefully that means that we've seen the last of any major increases. So if that were to happen and interest rates were to start to level off or drop again, then bonds would be more attractive. So there, there's a place for both in your in your overall portfolio. Another thing that a lot of people are, you know, tending to latch on to, and this is a silver lining to your point, Nancy, about, you know, let's look for silver linings in these otherwise challenging times, annuities. Um, you know, they, for about three decades, I would say, annuities weren't really seen as attractive as part of a person's overall financial plan. Essentially what an annuity is, it's a guaranteed income stream. And so you, as a, as a consumer who has accumulated some savings, would buy an income stream from an insurance company. So, you know, you would say, here's $100,000 of my overall retirement portfolio, for example, and how much is that going to give me every single month guaranteed? So at least my fixed expenses are going to be taken care of regardless of what goes on in the market at large. 
Well, you know, $100,000 didn't buy you much in an annuity. But as of today, when I ran the numbers just before hopping on this call, you know, a 65-year-old male now for $100,000 of their overall portfolio could probably guarantee themselves about $600 to $650 a month of guaranteed income. You know, that's a 6 to 7% return, guaranteed for life. So that, you know, that's that's fairly substantial. You can build that into your retirement portfolio. A woman wouldn't get quite as high a return because we tend to outlive our male peers. But again, it's taking some of the risk out of your portfolio, building in some guaranteed income for those fixed expenses. There's a place for all of that in a well-rounded and well-diversified financial plan. But it depends on how much you got to work with and what you're trying to accomplish. Those two questions are going to come up time and time again when you're talking to a planner. No, absolutely. And, and it just reinforces, right, the need to talk to someone to get the right advice and know, you know, because sometimes people think about products and they've heard about products not being that beneficial, but depending on the times, that can change. And if you're not, you know, doing your own uh, research and, you know, I suggest it's better to talk to someone who, who knows it better and spending time trying to figure it out for your, yourself, then you wouldn't know that, right? And, and as you mentioned, Jackie, we're at a 22-year high right now in interest rates. Mm-hmm. So 10 increases, like you said, since March of last year. So we basically went from money being or debt being free, right, 0.25%. That's about as low as you can get uh, to where we sit now at 5%. So think about that, right? Like that is a significant change over a relatively small period of time. And many Absolutely. economists are predicting that we could see further rate hikes in the months to come, something the bank the Bank of Canada has also hinted at. So we'll, I guess we'll wait and see where we go with that. But we know that with rate increases, you know, borrowers, it can be worrisome for them, right, and the, for those that are carrying debt. However, and as you've been hearing, for savers and investors, the rate hikes are good. But one of the things that you want to do is talk to a financial planner. And I think even if you have an investment portfolio, it's important that right now you're speaking to someone to review that portfolio. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, With my clients, I like, you know, I like to do a review. Again, you shouldn't be chasing returns in your portfolio, in my opinion, you know, month to month, you know, week to week. It can can be extremely overwhelming, even for the most seasoned of investors. So, you know, you want to look at a three to five year window on your, your overall, you know, investment returns in your portfolio. Again, that can change, though. If there's a significant change in life events, um, if there's a significant change in market volatility, you know, obviously when the pandemic hit three years ago, regardless of when you had done your last plan and reviewed your investment portfolio and rebalanced your your overall, um, you know, mix of investments, you may have wanted to sit down and review it again. So the important thing is is to let clear conversations where you gain some knowledge and insight and you're reminded of what your goals are, let that trump the fear that can easily permeate, you know, these these uncertain times. That's why conversations are so key, in my opinion. It allows people to really, truly remind themselves what it is, you know, um, 
that they can control and what it is that, you know, are beyond their control, but we can try and build in some stress testing into your plan so that, you know, at least we, you know, can, can ride out some of these storms. So sometimes that might look like, okay, I'm not going to put all my money in the market right now. I will take advantage of a good rate on a high interest savings account with no volatility. And from that high interest savings account, I will slowly take advantage of the highs and lows in the market, which we call dollar cost averaging. And from that account, I will withdraw my biweekly or monthly contributions to my retirement instead of going all in now or avoiding it altogether. You know, there's that happy medium conversation. We also look at things like your capacity. Someone who is accumulating retirement assets versus someone who's drawing down on them has two totally sets of capacity considerations. So their portfolio reviews are probably going to have to be more regular, more frequent. We're going to have to always make sure we got their short-term cash flow needs locked down. Someone who's 40 years out from retirement probably doesn't need to be doing that as often. You know, if, if they've done a good job of setting up their initial investor profile. So it really does, again, come down to the person's individual circumstances, but I think conversations are key. No, absolutely. And there's so much to consider, right? People have different uh, times in life, right? Like you mentioned, they're close to retirement. Maybe they're already drawing down or they're farther away and, and they have time to save. But I think, you know, there's also two different types of investors out there. So there's some people who consider, um, you know, high risk. They're more comfortable with higher risk investments. But there's also investors out there who are looking for a balance, I think, of safety um, with their income, but also the ability to, to see that income grow. So what advice do you have for these investors? Uh, well, I would argue that everyone is looking for that balance of safety, income, and growth. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. even those people that might come in initially feeling like, you know, I'm okay with risk. They're okay with risk probably because they have never really experienced what risk feels like when you get a statement and you see a drop in your portfolio value, right? Um, so, you know, even though that might feel like they can tolerate a bit more risk, most people at the end of the day, there's a, there's a, I guess, a behavior that we study as financial planners and it's called loss aversion. People will prefer to avoid a loss than they are willing to pursue a gain, you know? And uh, so I think it really comes down to understanding what you can afford to lose and, uh, and working within those parameters for sure. Um, and again, that comes down to conversations, but, and knowing your numbers, it's really, really important to know your numbers. No, absolutely. And of course, that's what comes with talking with a financial planner. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about the benefits of talking with a financial planner and also a little bit around what a successful plan looks like for you. Please stay with us. Your voice in Newfoundland and Labrador's biggest conversation. If you want to know what's happening in your province, tune in to Open Line every day. Have your say weekday morning starting at 9 a.m. on Open Line with Patty Daly on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money on BOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Jackie McCann-Scott. She's a certified financial planner and owner at Lupin Planning Group. So, Jackie, we've been talking a lot about rising interest rates and focusing on the benefits that they can have for people who are looking to invest or, or to save and, and see their, their money work hard for, for them, right, with gaining some, some uh, in investment income and, and interest 
interest income. And the best way, of course, to know what is the best um, plan for you, right, and how you're going to be able to grow that money is to talk with a financial advisor, a financial planner. So let's start this segment by talking about why it's so important and what are the benefits of talking with a financial planner, especially during these uncertain economic times. Absolutely. Um, I, I mentioned when, when you asked me to describe what Lupin Planning Group does, I talked about us being whole person planners. So if we, you know, were sitting with someone who was looking to, you know, start a savings or an investment strategy or, you know, maybe freshen up or rebalance the one they've started, it's really important for us to, you know, have deep and meaningful conversations around what their goals are and what their challenges are, but also to do a deep fact find, we call it, uh, to really understand, you know, what resources do we have at our disposal that we may not even realize we do. And I'm, I'm reminded of a conversation that I had just last week with a client who came in and, you know, who is in his early 50s and really was feeling like he hadn't focused enough on retirement and maybe now there was no opportunity to, you know, make up that lost ground. And over the course of the conversation, we uncovered two things. Uh, one was that he currently works in a seasonal role, but he does have the option to work year-round. He hadn't chosen to work year-round because the work, you know, at one part of the year yields a higher income than it does at the later part of the year. So he, you know, he, he ended up topping it up with other types of kind of gig work, if you will, or, or contract work. We realized, though, that if he stayed working year-round, he was actually adding more years to his service, and he had a defined benefit pension plan that would immediately, if he worked full years instead of half, would double the number of pensionable years quickly that he would have in that pension plan. We also uncovered that um, his partner had access to a group RSP with matching. So every dollar that was put into the plan, the employer would match up to, you know, five or six percent of their gross earnings. So without them having to come up with any more money than they already were, we found money in the plan by asking questions about things like their benefits through work and through, you know, what they were currently contributing to, what their employers offered, you know, and it was it was a really positive day. You come in defeated, but by having a conversation and someone asking you questions that you didn't know to ask yourself, we found money. And, uh, you know, that's always a good day here when we find money. So, you know, that's that's the stuff that gets me excited as a planner. And I know it gets my colleagues as planners excited is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And it just takes a conversation to uncover that. No, absolutely. I could not agree with you more. And, you know, it, it's why I find my job as rewarding as you find yours, Jackie, right? It's those people who they come in and they are completely defeated. They think they have nowhere to turn. There's no way for them to get out from underneath the debt um, that they're, they find themselves in besides being uh, bankrupt or filing for bankruptcy. And to talk them through their options and find another alternative and see the complete relief, right? that comes from that, uh, it's, it's, there's nothing like it, right? There's really nothing like it. So no. I guess my next question then for you, Jackie, is, and I know that it's going to be, it's going to be dependent on the individual, but for the average person, I guess, what does a successful plan include or, or I guess look like and, and what areas should they be focused on? 
Well, I, I think that you can't just focus on, you know, your savings and investment goals. You have to look at life events that could derail those savings and investment goals. So again, you know, this is where a whole person planning comes into play. For example, if I'm sitting with someone who, you know, is in a career uh, where, well, you know, their income is their greatest asset. I always say that. I don't care what kind of car you're driving or boat you have or, you know, house you live in. Your ability to earn an income is your greatest asset. So if you have saved for a goal and you become injured or you fall ill and you're unable to go to work, I always say, how quickly would those assets be depleted? You know, they were earmarked for retirement, but if you need them today, tomorrow goes out the window. So building in proper income protection in the way of either a critical illness or a long-term disability plan or ideally a combination of both. Also having access to health care. You know, if you're fortunate enough to have an employer that offers you group benefits, that's great. But if, you know, you retire and those benefits end at that point in time, what about when you're in your 70s and 80s and you have drug care needs and you don't qualify for any, you know, government programs? How do we stress test for, for that? You know, what about short term emergency savings, if all our assets are in RSPs that we have to draw down on and pay tax on, and we need short-term money, lump sum withdrawals from RSPs are not tax efficient. So let's build in some emergency savings, and we might use a different type of investment vehicle for that. So it's about thinking about, you know, first of all, get very clear on your numbers, identify what it is you want to accomplish and what you have to work with. And then having a conversation with a professional planner that can say, let's build in all the what ifs here. So that if the rubber hits the road, the plan can still carry on uninterrupted, you know, or or unimpacted. It might be interrupted, but it's not going to be derailed, not on our watch. And that is the, you know, that's what I think successful plans look like. As I said, an investment plan is only as strong as the financial plan upon which it's built. And that includes looking at all those scenarios. And it can be overwhelming. But it doesn't have to be, you know, we have a conversation and then professionals can identify what's the one most important thing we need to get done today. As you get one thing knocked off your list, there's a momentum and a sense of confidence and a sense of, you know, accomplishment that I've witnessed time and time again, you know, in my office with clients. And it's just so fantastic when you feel like things aren't happening to me. I am, you know, I am making informed decisions based on what I have to work with. And that includes, you know, in a high interest rate environment. Um, right now, I say to clients, if you're fortunate enough to not have had your mortgage renewed during these crazy times of 6 and 7%, you know, mortgage rates, and you're in a one or two or two and a half percent, maybe we need to put a little bit of money down on that instead of putting it into a TFSA this year so that when renewal happens, you've got less debt that you're going to have to pay those higher rates on. So it's just about, and then you feel like, ha-ha, I've tricked the system. I found a loophole, you know? And then you just feel like you're not a victim. You feel empowered. And that's so important. And that's the stuff that gets me up every day.
Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely so important. And everything that you're saying reinforces the importance and the benefits of talking to a great financial planner like yourself, Jackie, right? There's things that you think about in your in-depth conversations with your clients that they may not think about or come up with on their own. In fact, I'm confident that they would not think about or come up with uh, on their own because it's not their area of specialty. It's yours, right? So you mentioned you had a client, you know, who was, um, I think you said around 50 and, and thought, you know, it's too late uh, for them. They weren't, they knew they hadn't saved enough for retirement, weren't sure what their, their options were. So I'd like to spend a little bit of time now before we co up this segment, just looking at different age demographics and how, you know, the different age demographics can stand to benefit from these higher interest rates when it comes to their investments and what the different considerations uh, might be. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, it. Um, I really feel that younger listeners, first and foremost, we need to lock down their income. We need to make sure that, you know, because all the other things they want to do are going to flow from the cash flow that they are able to earn over their lifetime. So for me, with younger younger folks, even those that come in and say, you know, I want to start investing, um, and, and I love those conversations, and I'm, I'm at an age now where I have a lot of my clients come coming in with their adult children and uh, you know and that's that's always exciting to you know be able to help the next generation but as anxious as they might be to participate in the market because of course they're invincible and they feel like you know and and truthfully so they have lots of time uh, and compounding interest is the seventh wonder of the world um, at the end of the day you know if they're unable to earn an income everything else is going to fall apart so I spend a lot of time you know talking about that if you've invested heavily in your education you might have student loans you know that this is something worth protecting so, you know, that's something I look at a lot with, with younger demographics. And then we start talking about how we're going to invest. So, you know, there's a new... Um new program called the First Home Savers Account, which kind of takes the best of the RSP home buyers and the tax-free savings account and combines them into one. So, you know, sometimes by implementing some of these tax strategies and these, you know, various tools that government, you know, have given us as Canadian taxpayers, you can actually get to your goal a lot quicker. You can accelerate those goals. And that's the stuff that, you know, you have this much money to invest, but what if we were able to create a tax refund that you could, you know, further throw back into your investment mix? So there's finding those loopholes, that's always exciting to me. With older clients, it's about making sure that you have factored in changes to your health and how the basket of goods that you're going to need to fund in retirement may change. So making sure that you're not not, you know, oblivious to the impacts of inflation. That was a hard conversation to have with people a few years ago because inflation had been so low for so long. They didn't really see it until last year. <laughs> last year when the cost of a, a dozen eggs and a loaf of bread went through the roof, everybody's like, okay, talk to me again about inflation-proofing my retirement plan. So making sure you're building in something, you know, that does provide some guaranteed indexing or some type of, you know, uh, inflation-proofing is really, really important. So again, I really find, regardless of the age of the client, Nancy, it's about the education. 
because people that are, you know, are engaged in a plan understand why it is they're making the decisions they're making. And regardless of your age, that's the stuff that really breeds success, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. That is such great advice, Jackie. Uh, I couldn't agree more with the things that you're you're saying there. And you get to it by having the, the conversations that we always talk about. Well, there's the dreaded R word, right? Making the headlines. Uh, when we return, Jackie's going to share her advice on how you can prepare and protect your investments when we get to a recession. Please stay with us. Join Greg Smith weeknights at 545 as he chats with local musicians about life, inspiration shows, and new music. Tune into Soundcheck, your backstage pass to the local music scene on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Jackie McCann-Scott. She's a certified financial planner and owner at Lupin Planning Group. So we've been talking about the rise in interest rates. And of course, the Bank of Canada raised its key lending rate again earlier this month. It's now at 5%, a 22-year high. So for savers and investors, a higher rate is a good thing, as you've been hearing. But Jackie, we know that there's still a lot of economic uncertainty right now and some economists believe that we will see a recession but it will be a soft landing economists predict that we could see a mild recession next year so the one thing most economists agree on is that interest rates will come down again starting late 2024 so with this on the horizon what should investors be keeping in mind i really feel that you know um to your point, they're predicting a mild recession. Um, and so, you know, what does that mean? Well, you know, it's not going to be a recession is a contraction in economic activity, you know, overall in the in the marketplace. So that can often lead to some layoffs, you know, um, or, you know, cutbacks in hours. You know, you may not be able to see um, your, your wages keeping up with inflation because inflation is remaining higher than the Bank of Canada would like. And again, to your point earlier, you know, credit was free pretty much for a long, long time, and and habits were formed, and not only formed, but really reinforced and rewarded. And you know, consumer spending, despite how high the cost of living has gotten, and even the high mortgage rates. You know, I had a client the other day list their house, and it sold in three hours, right? So, you know, these things have not translated yet into consumer behavior. It's taken a while for this thing that you know was created over 22 years to self-correct and to readjust course. So, you know, my advice would be try and get ahead of that as quickly as you can in anticipation of this recession that likely won't last long and won't be too deep. So we're not going to see huge cuts according to economists. It's not going to drag on for, you know, several quarters. It'll probably be a blip. But here's what you can do. You can make sure that you've got as much of your lower interest debt, if you're lucky to still have some low mortgage rates or lower interest loans in place, get those things paid off just in case predictions around interest rates dropping don't happen when that loan or that mortgage comes up for renewal. And also build up your emergency savings. You can build up the emergency savings, though, using the high interest savings accounts that are out there. So you're getting some growth without any risk. 
So, you know, your emergency savings are actually growing a little bit. And if you feel like, okay, I'm ready to start putting some money back into, you know, the market, at least it's been growing in the interim. It's not just, you know, tucked under the mattress doing absolutely nothing for you. The other thing I would say is don't be afraid to, you know, put a little bit more of that fixed income stuff in your economy. Recessions tend to be good for bonds. So, you know, if you if you have a short timeline to retirement, even though you might feel like you got burnt on the bond side of your portfolio last year, you know, don't don't be once bitten twice shy when it comes to putting a little bit more money into those fixed income um, and bond type of investments because they probably will bolster your overall performance in your portfolio next year if if this recession does happen as economists predict. And again, the other thing I would say is. Don't let all the noise impact your decisions. Don't don't be a reactive, you know, uh, investor. Really get clear again on what it is you're trying to accomplish, what you have to work with. Build in as much stress proofing and indexing as you can, but don't you know don't be constantly re you know responding or reacting to the things that are going on in the market. You know, even even given that we just came through a pandemic, things recovered in a fairly short period of time. You know, our market that we entered into is been nearly erased 20 months after it began. So, you know, this too shall pass. Stay true to you. That's the thing I would say to your listeners. Stay true to you and don't get too bombarded by all of the media and all of the, the hype that's out there. Know yourself, know your numbers, and, and play accordingly. Yeah, and I think it's the same thing that I tell uh, people out there who are struggling with debt, right? Don't don't overwhelm yourself with anxiety and stress about it, right? It's the same thing with the market. Don't don't overwhelm yourself with anxiety and stress about it. Have a conversation with someone who can put you at ease, right? That can tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing in that time. That will relieve the stress um, that you're feeling about it pretty quickly in, in most cases, right? So, Jackie, I think that's some really great advice around um, what people can be doing now, right, to ensure that they're more more financially secure during a recession or should a recession occur. But what about when interest rates fall or, or they come back uh, from where they are now? Because we know that it's harder, right? It takes longer to grow your money in a lower interest rate environment. So what should people be thinking about them? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, this is where a well-diversified portfolio will serve you well because as interest rates fall, so that means that the equity side of your portfolio, um, those those companies are probably carrying debt on their balance sheets, just like we as consumers are. You know, and a drop in an interest rate, you know, lowers their debt carrying costs and translates into higher profits. So, you know, it's all interrelated. But here's the thing. I... The reality is that returns are only make up a small percentage of your overall success as an investor in a financial plan. And I know that sounds shocking, but there's been study after study released that says it's more about how much you save and how long you save it, so time in the market, as opposed to trying to time the market. You know, um, I, there was a study that said if you miss the 10 best days in the market in the last, you know, 30 years, your portfolio 
you know, could be could be down 20%. All of that stuff, all those numbers, the end of the day, how much can you afford to save? What's the most tax-efficient way for you to save it? How The sooner you start, the better. The longer you benefit from compounding interest, whatever that rate of interest might be, the better off you're going to be. Um, these things are so cyclical and so varied that if we focus on trying to chase the returns, I think we'll be left overwhelmed and dismayed at the end of the day. So, you know, that uh, my advice would be to, you know, focus on what you can control, invest according to your timeline and your tolerance for risk, and it will work itself out. <laughs> it really, really will. Yeah, absolutely. And again, talk to someone to find out what, what the best approach and, and best options are for your personal situation. Well, Jackie, as always, been great having you on the show today. You always have such practical, great advice for our listeners out there. But we have some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? Um, the final thought is one that I often say, and that is you don't have to do this alone. You really don't. You know, um, make sure, don't be afraid to seek advice from a financial professional. Um, there, there's a bit of a myth and misconception out there that you need to have a fortune to work with a financial planner. Nothing could be further from the truth. Um, most financial planners, I know all of us at Lutheran Planning Group, charge nothing for an initial consultation. You know, you come in and have a conversation and uh, and just, you know, get a feel for what you, you know, uh, what it is you're trying to accomplish. You know, even one conversation, you could pick up a tip that could change the full trajectory of your plan. So don't feel like you have to do this alone and don't feel like, you know, you can't work with a planner if you're not at a certain level of, you know, wealth or financial security. If, if everyone that came in here had it all figured out, our job would be very boring. So, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out and to, uh, and to have a conversation. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, right? It's, it's not about the level of income that you have to invest. It's about talking to someone to find out what is the best financial plan for you? What, what can you achieve with what you have to work with? Right. And mm -hmm. that's that's the important thing for people to remember. I say the same thing. You know, my clients aren't, pe aren't people necessarily who are unemployed or have low income debt and the ability to service debt has nothing to do with the amount of money you make. Right. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a similar story with investing. Right. In financial planning, it's not about the level of wealth that you have. It's about doing the best you can with what you have. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So great, again, Jackie, like you said, to have you on today. If people did want to reach out and uh, get some advice, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can call our office, and that number is 709-781-3526, or they can pop us an email anytime at hello at lupinplanninggroup.ca, and that's L-U-P-I-N, as the beautiful flower of our home province. Great. Thanks again. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. And I do want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question or maybe a topic that you'd like us to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO. License and insolvency trustees on your VOCM.